You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. I'm a messenger of God. You're doomed if you stay here. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of It's a Horror Podcast. My name is Wes. Hello, everyone. It's your boy, Kevin. And it is officially October 1st. The spooky season has arrived. Hell fucking yeah. I feel super spooky. I'm telling you, man, the spookiness just courses through my veins. I'm telling you, it's just a, it's a whole other feeling. Fall is here, but honestly, in Nashville right now, I was driving here tonight to record this episode. My thermometer read 101 in my truck. Fuck. It was 91 here in Ohio. Dude, but still, I think 91, 101. I, what? Okay, we need to get global warming under control here, people. We need, you know, 60s, 50s, 70s. I don't know what it is, but not 100s and 90s. It's, you can't feel very spooky when you're sweating out. You know, you got some major swamp ass going on. It's just not very I know. plausible. Yeah, swamp ass and, you know, hoodies don't go together at all. I just don't, I don't agree with that. No. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. Uh, but yeah, happy October, everybody. Enjoy yourselves and be as spooky as you possibly can uh in saying that tonight we're going to cover uh a little uh a little quad of movies i guess you could say uh starring none other than kane hotter this one is called hatchet um little adam green joints uh a lot of you guys are adam green fans i am to a certain extent um some things he puts out eh, some things he puts out eh, you know so it just kind of depends on <laughs> you know how I feel that day, but uh, what are your what are your feelings about Adam Green, man? I'm, I think I've really asked you that question before. What do you what do you feel about Adam Green? I like him a lot. He it just kind of everything that he's done for the indie horror community. Um, he's just v- very I don't want to say outspoken, but like he puts his he put his stamp out there. Let me just say it that way. You know, he created this horror icon, and he he did just so much for the genre, and and he is continuing to do it. Um. As we're speaking right now, supposedly this isn't the end of the Hatchet franchise. He's got another trilogy planned, obviously with Victor Crowley being one. Then there's supposed to be a Victor Crowley two and three and probably another trilogy after that or seven. We'll see. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, he created Victor Crowley. Just just a fucking badass horror icon. I don't know what else to say. Just big at big ass uh, Hatchet. Yeah. What was that slit in his face? Yeah, dude, that fucking yeah, that fucking cut in his face where he's gotten you know hit in the head too many times with that fucking hatchet, dude. Seriously, um, yeah, I, I'm a, I, I'll just well, you know what? Never mind. I'm gonna say that, but I think the Victor Crowley is a great horror icon. I'm, I agree with you on that. Uh, what we think about the movies, we'll get to that in a minute. But I, I haven't seen Frozen, and we're not talking about the one with the Let It Go and the girls and the sisters and the singing. I'm talking about the one where a lot. I do. I have having kids. I, yeah, I've probably seen that movie probably way too many times to even count, but, um, I've never seen frozen yet. I have seen digging up the marrow. Digging up the marrow was a fantastic film. I really, really love that film. Have you seen that before? Yes. Uh, we may have even talked about it on our found footage episode. <gasps> we did. You're right. We just barely talked. We didn't talk about it much. We touched on it. Yeah, you're right. I remember that now. Okay. I'm old and I forget my pudding cup is sitting over here still. Waiting for me, so, um, but yeah, but yeah it, I like that one a lot. That is a good one. That's a very good one. So, yeah, he has done a ton for the horror genre, so I am very appreciative of him. His practical effects are – I love them. I just I just, I like them a lot. So, 
um, the CGI for him just doesn't exist. And I kind of, I kind of enjoy that about him. I kind of like the fact, I like the fact that he likes to be real with stuff and really just get, get his hands dirty, so to speak. So, yeah, that's the thing too is all of his films kind of pertain to old school American horror. You know, mm, yeah. you, you don't have these little you know, nuances, the the fake this and fake CGI that. You know, everything in all of his movies are practical effects. I mean, obviously, digging up the marrow wasn't because there's like aliens and shit. Yeah, but as far as the hatchet films go, yeah, dude, every single kill is uh, CGI free, and there's a lot of them, and we're gonna talk about all of them. And uh, I'm really excited, man. I think this franchise has probably some of the best kills in slasher history. I can agree with you on that. And uh, yeah, I was, you just wet my whistle right there. I can't wait to hear this kill count. So uh, let's get right into that because I want to hear the numbers, dude. I'm sure these numbers are outrageous. So uh, let's get into it right now. Kill count. So, as to no surprise to anybody, um, Hatchet has a lot of fucking kills. So, <laughs> let's delve in here. Um, in last, so there's four films total spanning from the year 2006 to 2017. So, we have an 11-year span. Mm. Obviously, with it being 2019, you know, there we haven't gone more than four years without a Hatchet film. Mm. So, essentially, we're probably looking at about 2021 20, for the next one. We'll see, you know. Um, so, in last place fourth place is the original hatchet from 2006 now this one has 10 kills which was a lot less than i thought about mm. because going back and revisiting all these films this week watching it i was like holy shit they weren't just normal kills almost every single one was just like brilliant and brutal <laughs> yeah. and and I, I know i kind of speak for everybody when i'm talking about that head ripping open scene like some goddamn uh godzilla <laughs> or was it yeah, yeah that was godzilla yeah, yeah, yeah that's right you're right Oh, wait, no, it was King Kong. Shit. I thought it was Godzilla. Are you sure? I don't I don't fucking know. Someone hit us up and yell at me and tell me which one. Yeah, one of those big fuckers. Um, yeah, yeah, one of them. So, yeah, Hatchet comes in last place in the series with only 10 kills. And then uh, right next to that, in third place, is Victor Crowley from 2017, the most recent film. This one has 15. Now, there is a plane crash scene where, like, five people just die automatically. So when you hear 15, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, that's a decent amount. Well, you know, get your shit straight. It's, we'll talk about this movie uh, in a minute. I'm sure we both have a lot of things to say. Mm. I'm not going to give up my opinion too soon on it. Right. Um, then in second place is Properly Fit Hatchet 2 mm. from 2010. This one has 17 kills. Now yeah. that's, yes. And th this is one of those films where not, all of them happen at once either. They're like all kind of spread out. You know, there's there's just a lot going on. Hatchet 2 is a good movie. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> and then in first place, that leaves Hatchet 3 from 2013. This one has 24 kills in it. Now, if you've seen this one, I'm sure you know that whole scene where all the army guys come in and, you know, he just fucking shreds them all in pieces, like almost all at once. So that there's not really a lot spanning out in that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, a great fucking kill count. Uh, no doubt, and I'm pretty sure this is probably the greatest number of kills for a quad quadrilogy that we've done. I don't, I don't know. This is probably the ninth or tenth episode we've done. I I don't know, and it goes to show how much I know. <laughs> um, but the total total amount here is 66 kills. So that amongst four films is about 16 and a half per film. So 
Adam Green, your next one better be uh, pumping up, man. I don't want to lower these numbers. Seriously, that's a lot, though. I mean, for, for four films, that's I'm impressed. Honestly, I'm very impressed. So yeah, it's great. And I mean, I mean, it's, it kind of goes without saying that I'm pretty sure Kane Hodder's killed more people in horror than anybody else. I think that's like actually his like claim to fame. Like he 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 says that you know I've killed more people in the movies than anybody. And I mean, shit, if he has sixty six as Hatchet, mm-hmm. um, he he was Jason in four films as well. Yep. You know. So, which is actually another cool fact about him is that he played Hatchet as much as he did Jason Voorhees. Yeah, uh, he did four films apiece. So that that's kind of weird to think, but I mean, this dude's killed a bunch of fucking people. Oh yeah, man. well, I mean, he's done a lot of other films too. You know, he's he starred in, um, uh, I think he did an Ed Gein film too, which there's a lot of kills in that, and there's like the BTK killer, I think, as well. So he does a lot of just all these one-off films too, and kills a lot of people in those films too. So yeah, he, I can guarantee you, he's killed a shit ton of people on screen. So. Yeah, hats off to you. Yes, Kane. You're, I mean, okay, now I'll be the first one to say I'm not the biggest Kane Hodder fan. I think I, we talked about this, you know, as he was literally five feet away from me at uh, Crypticon in Kansas City, uh, which I kind of kept my voice real low. <laughs> you know, I want to say that too loud. <laughs> but, um, I mean, he's he is what he is. He, de- he does what he does really well. I didn't – I'm just going to say, I, I didn't like him very much as Jason. He is much better as Victor Crowley, in my opinion, uh, just to say that. But – um he wasn't, he wasn't horrible as Jason, but, I, you know, like I said, we'll get more into that later on, you know, in this slasher series. So, um, but yeah, so there's the kill count. I'm really excited to get into these films. But we got to cover that film, you know, that makes you feel kind of shitty and kind of gross. And eh, it's just there because it's there. You know, it's part of the part of the, you know, the franchise. You got to talk about it and got to talk about how crappy it is. So uh, let's get into the ship pick this week. Hey, kids. It's time for our shit pick of the week. Well, I wish I could say this is a surprise, but I obviously have to go with Victor Crowley. Me too, man. I telling you, man, this film <laughs> halfway through it, I'm going, "Gosh, this thing over yet?" I just, mm-hmm. man. So tell me, tell me what you, what, yeah. you, what you didn't like about it first. So. Let me just start off by saying I actually went and saw this at a, a theater premiere. Uh, Adam Green went on a tour mm. amongst the United States, you know, in, in support of this film. And he would do a Q&A afterwards, and it was a really good fucking time. But holy shit, dude. I was, like, even, because even, you know, when you're at a theater, like, you have a better experience, so it's still mm. better. Dude, I was sitting there, and I had brought along one of my friends who'd never seen a hatchet oh. film. And, like, I was just kind of, yeah, I was kind of like, oh, man. Like, I was, I... Uh, I hate to say this, but I almost felt kind of embarrassed, yeah. you know, and it was just uh, everything we loved about Hatchet just didn't apply here. Mm-hmm. Um, the I mean, all, all the films have shitty characters. OK, I'm not going to say only shitty <laughs> characters, but all the films have a decent amount of shitty characters. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, this film, other than like one or two people, I thought were just like uh, just terrible. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't care about any of them. I didn't want anything to do with any of them. And it just kind of really dragged the entire yeah. film. And not only that, but, like, let's talk about the gore and the kills in this movie. Um, I don't know how they can make a film in 2017 with worse-looking special effects than in the original Hatchet from 2006. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just... it. Ah, oh man, I, I really don't like saying this because I'm in such support of what uh, Adam Green does and, you know, all the indie horror stuff, but... Uh, dude, these kills—it looked like something that literally anybody could kind of throw together. There was nothing 
too crazy. You know, I, I guess other than the cell phone scene, but I mean, yeah. like you see Felissa Rose's arm get ripped off and like you can see her her, her fucking hand under her sweater. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh God. And it, it just looks well, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I totally agree with you on that. Like 100%. Just did the the, you know, the kills and, and like that just to look as good as even half as good as the rest of them. The one thing you said you said you know the characters you know were like I think the characters were okay. I just think that the acting wasn't very good in this one. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah, like Felissa was just not good in it. Like I'm just like, damn, what the fuck happened now? Of course, we watched her in uh, Return to Sleepaway Camp, and even that she didn't do that great. And I'm like, I don't know if that's just her or she just. I just give a fuck. I don't know. The one, the one bright spot that I was looking forward to in this film, and I know people are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Um, I'm a huge Impractical Jokers fan. Are you? Do you like that show? Ah, uh, yes, I love that show. See, I love it. And Brian Quinn from that show is in this movie. I thought, oh, he's gonna be hilarious. The Q is fucking awesome. I love that guy. He fell flat. His acting chops just like just I don't know. They just didn't do it for me at all. And. I just think that the whole, just the whole package, like you're just saying, the whole thing just didn't add up. It just didn't flow well. The kills weren't good. The CGI, or not CGI, but the uh, the practical effects weren't great. Uh, and there's one part that really pisses me off sorry, to this very moment, and I'm going to ruin the film for you right here, guys, just so if you don't care, whatever, if it's a spoiler alert, fast forward, whatever. But like the very end scene where they're standing there and the engine's going and Victor Crowley has been kind of pushed into the engine, kind of, sort of, and the guy looks at the girl and he goes, I was going to get you pregnant or I was going to have your baby or I'm going to get you. And he runs and he just like, you know, like, you know, football tackles Victor into the engine. I'm like, why didn't you just go up, walk up and lean out his ass and kick him into the the fan or the engine? He was, he was in the moment, man. But still, but it's, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's people that like sacrifice themselves in films when they really don't have yeah, to. You I know? just thought, dude, go walk up there. And like I said, you know, you know, this is hatchet and fucking kick his ass into it. I don't know. So, Honestly, his his character progression in the film I thought was honestly one of the most impressive things about this entire movie. Um, mm-hmm. The character's name is Dylan. Right. It's played by a dude named Dave Sheridan, right. who is in a bunch of genre horror movies. He he was in Scary Movie, mm-hmm. uh, Devil's Rejects. He, he's just done a bunch of stuff. And he starts off this movie and you're like, okay, this is the most – the least likable du- person in this film. <laughs> yes, yes, 100%. Yeah. But like as the film kind of goes on – I was I kind of fucking grew into this dude and I was like, okay, I kind of yep. like him. And then there was a specific scene about this movie that I think is the most important scene. It's when that girl was drowning. I believe it was played by Tiffany uh Tiffany yep, Shepherd, right. I believe. Yeah, where she's like stuck in the in the airplane and it's sinking mm-hmm. and like, you know, she's fucking stuck and she can't get mm-hmm. out and she's as the water rises, it rises above her head and he's like there it's just he's a stranger to her and like he's there holding her hand. And then, like him looking away, and and it was a pretty intense scene. The the uh, it was a pregnant character yes. at yeah. that. So that scene involving his character, him from there on out, he just seemed like a very rootable person. And I've never really seen a character progress like that from the beginning, where you just can't stand to even look at him. He's just this douchey wannabe actor in the film. All right. And then just and then you're fucking rooting for this dude, and then he tells Rose uh, that he's gonna have her babies, and then he just fucking yeah. tackles Victor Crowley into the goddamn turbine. I so I mean, I'm like, whatever. you know, I I agree with you though. His his character probably was my favorite in the entire movie, besides Victor Crowley, of course. Um, I, I, honestly, I think Kane was the bright spot in this film, besides Dylan, the, the character of Dylan. 
Um, but yeah, I did like his, his arc was, was actually not too bad. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't like Oscar worthy, whatever, but you know, at the same point it, it wasn't bad. So, uh, you know, props to you, Dave. Uh, you know, you did, didn't do that bad. <laughs> yeah. And this is a film too. Um, the first time I saw it, obviously you have expectations. Right. I hated it, man. I, I watched it and, uh, listening to Adam Green do his Q and a talked about how George A. Romero, pretty much like pushed him into making this film, not pushed him into it, but said, Hey, you know, give your fans more of what they want. And Adam Green's like, okay, big bet. Like I'm going to make this movie then. Mm. And then he's just like talking about like all of this and stuff. And I'm just like, this movie is so comedy driven too. You know, there's the the entire series has humor. Absolutely. 100%. But the humor in this film is just so it it falls flat in so many places. I mean, yeah, yeah. And it it just was unlikable and, well, no, uh, but I mean, this one honestly really warmed up to me. I, I watched it today. Yeah, we did. I kind of felt like I wanted to. Uh, yeah, I kind of. Yeah, I watched the first three in a rally the other night, and I watched this one today. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, I wanted to check my phone a decent amount of the way through it. But I mean, you got you. It's it is kind of warming up to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can also kind of you can tell with uh, Hatchet himself, Victor Crowley. You can kind of tell Kane's getting a little older. There's not as many kind of intense scenes that you were kind of used to in the franchise. There's not a lot of him doing crazy fucking shit. You know, he's not on fire. (laughs) He's not. He's not frozen. I I don't know, man. He's just. This film just seems subdued compared to the other ones. Plus, you're in a fucking plane for two thirds of the movie, too, which really, really sucks. Why would they do that? You're. You're in the swamp and you're in a plane, which is like, I don't know. I mean, I did not like he that. was trying to be different, you know, which sometimes that pays off and sometimes it fails. And this time it just, it just failed. It just didn't do what it was supposed to do. So, I mean, you try to be, you try to be fresh in horror and sometimes you take a leap of faith and sometimes you fall flat on your face. And this one kind of just fell flat right on his fucking face. And then it got stomped by Victor Crowley. So uh, exactly. Plus know. there's a post credit scene. Oh, uh, that I, involves- missed I missed it. One oh you didn't see it? No, I missed it. Uh, so there's a it's honestly halfway through the credits. It's mm. Danielle Harris. Uh she's oh. watching like news coverage of like the plane crash and you know, Victor Crowley killing people and stuff, and then mm. she gets up and she gets a shotgun. She fucking cranks that bitch and she's like, I've been waiting for this day, motherfucker. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like you, you know, uh, teasing the next film. Yeah, did you cream your pants a little bit? Yeah, I I did come three or four times, yes. Very good. Well just three or four, not like five or six, seven, ten? Uh, I'm trying to keep it modest. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Keep it yeah. Okay, deal, deal, deal. Yeah. I'm not a floozy, okay? I'm trying to. I'm not trying to oversell myself. <laughs> Let's say you had to uh, change your shorts a couple times, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as I put on another shorts, God damn it, <laughs> like, motherfucker! <laughs> oh fuck me! All right, well, <laughs> all right. I think we've talked enough about Victor Crowley. Um, I, I think it's time to move on to number three pick. Um, let's just do it, man. So, uh, and, and okay, for those of you. Hatchet fans out there, I hope you like this transition because I thought it was pretty good. So uh, enjoy. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Victor Crowley. He was born horribly deformed, part of a voodoo curse put on his parents. Three. On the gravy with the biscuits and the chicken wants a biscuit for the biscuit is me. 
was cracking up during the middle of that. Oh my god, dude, that was brilliant, man. That was really good. Thank you, thank you. I uh, watching that part, I was like, it's got to go in the transition. I just, that's got to go in there. So, fuck, man, that was really good. Which is actually funny because, the, oh, okay, it's not that crazy to think of, but that actor, I can't remember his name, that sang that chickens and biscuits and gravy song. He just he completely ad libbed that. Like they were just filming, and then he just starts singing that, and they're like, okay, let's roll with Did it. He really? And it, yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's just so. Okay, this is another... Fuck, apparently this entire series is like this for me. I, when I first watched this movie, I hated his character. I was like, fuck that, you know? Like, he's just so annoying. But upon my most recent rewatch, he was like my favorite thing about that movie. But but that's... That's for later. Or, is, or, yeah. Yes, is is Hatchet 2 up next in my list? Uh, we shall see. Wait, his name, was Colton. his name was Colton Dunn, by the way. Oh, okay. Colton Dunn, here's looking at you, boy. He kind of reminds me of like a young Sinbad. Yes, yes, way. exactly. I thought the same thing, yeah. so yeah. Good, good. Yeah. All right. So, in third place on my list is Hatchet 3. Oh, there you go. All right. So, yeah, I'll be talking more about Hatchet 2 in a little bit. Um, Hatchet 3, here we are. I mean, this one, that's the thing, man. The first three films, I think, are are just so good. But in, kind of in terms of atmosphere and whatnot, this film was the first Hatchet film that wasn't directed by Adam Green. It was directed by a dude named B.J. McDonald. Mm. Um, so it kind of feels a little different. It's, it feels a lot more bigger budget. It looks prettier. It's not as gritty. It's the, there's not so much of the humor that you're, uh, see, that's hard to say because there's humor in all of them. There's a lot, right? but it's just a different fucking feel. Um, I don't know. I mean, this one was, it, it's good. It just doesn't really feel like a hatchet movie. It feels like a big budget hatchet. And it, it's just, I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. But in terms of the kills, uh, I mean, it's. It has great kills, but in terms of one and two, it just doesn't really stack up for me. Mm. Uh, it, it's actually really interesting, worth noting that all, all of the films take place in Louisiana, right? That's okay. where the Honey Island Swamp is that what it's called? Honey Island Swamp? Yep, you're right. Um, yeah, so they're all based in Louisiana, but this is the first Hatchet film that is completely filmed in the state because a lot of the other films have kind of reshoots in Los Angeles, uh, mm-hmm. probably where Adam Green lives because that's where every director and their dad lives. Yeah, um, you know, just just kind of like a just extra scenes and whatnot for the movie. So this film was completely filmed in Louisiana, which is pretty interesting. Um, I mean, I like I said, I like this one a lot. You see Daniel Harris wearing nothing but Victor Crowley's blood mm. and being hosed down. I mean, that's that's a win win, right? You don't you can't go wrong with that. No, you can't. You really can't. So, I mean, especially for you. Oh yeah, especially. Um, but yeah, I I don't. I see. I'm so at fucking odds with this movie because if if I, it was just this movie, if, if it wasn't involved in a series at all, I would love this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the fact that coming after one and two, which are films that I hold very near and dear, I absolutely love one and two. It just doesn't kind of stack up to it, you know? But but then again, this is the third one. We all get uglier with age. It's just how it works, you know? So Hey, speak for I yourself, mean, buddy. It, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and the star power in this one, it, I guess all the Hatchet movie. It's so funny because I want to talk about one, but they're all pretty much the same. Because I was I was going to say that Hatchet 3 has a lot of star power. You've got Derek Mears, Sid Haig, uh, Caroline Williams, and it's like, well, they all have star power. So that's not really saying much, True. but... I mean, yeah, this is just a slight um, decline in the other films, but that doesn't really knock my opinion on it. I still enjoy it a lot. Um, do you have it at number three? I do not, but let me preface this by saying that that this this number three and number two were very, very, very close to me. Like, like it was all like it was. I was like, okay, which one should I put at number three and number two? Like these are almost interchangeable to me. So 
and I know you'll probably be like, what? But my number three is the original Hatchet. Oh, shit. That's a surprise. I know. But it, 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 I hate doing that. But I, I don't know. Um, and I guess I can't say what my number two pick is yet because there's still got two more to go. But, but let's just say okay, I, I did enjoy the first film. It just didn't – like. it was a little too like – 2B movie for me, almost like C or D movie to me. Yeah, it's super indie for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I like indie films, don't get me wrong. But I, this one just, I don't know, like half the time you can kind of tell it was on a set and that kind of really threw me off. Um, it really didn't feel like they were shooting on location. And I think the you know, part two and part three really felt like they were more on location. Um, the, and, okay, so there, you know, I was going to do like top kills for each of these, but I really can't figure out which one I like the best, but on this one definitely has to be the head rip apart, you know? With, oh, it's gotta be. If oh, it's it, not, then something's wrong with you. Yeah, seriously. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Like, I love that part. Like I just, it's so brutal and just so nasty. I love the way like her tongue, like is flipping and the oh, blood yeah. squirting out. I just, I love that. So I just, that part is really good. I don't know. It just seemed kind of slow to me. It just really didn't seem all that exciting, uh, but it was still good though. I mean, I, I say that in a very lax way, but it really, it is a good film. I won't say it's not. There's like, a lot of downtime for sure. Yeah, the downtime kind of got me in, but but it's it's still a very good film. Don't get me wrong. All all these films are really good. I just and for the fact of I say that because of the the practical effects and Kane Hodder does a great job as as Victor Crowley. Um, but at the same point, some of them losing me more than others, and this one kind of lost me. Um, but like I said, it's it's such a close one between my next pick, so I can't really call it a true three. I just call it a eh three. So, <laughs> but, oh yes, the ad threes, the ad threes, but uh, but yeah, and I, I kind of, well, we'll talk. Well, I'm sure we'll get into more later on, and I'll we'll talk about it more then. But, um, but like I said, it's it's not a bad film. It's just not the best film to me. So, and I, and I hate saying that. Ugh, I'm just like, Ugh. I know that's every single thing I have to say about this franchise. Like, I find myself knocking it, and then I got like slap myself in the face and like wake back up. I'm like, wait, I didn't, I didn't mean that. Exactly. But, like, and it's so it's so funny. It's just like all of this entire series is just made for slasher fans. That's what Adam Green is. He grew up on the 80s slashers, and, and this is a slasher series through and through. Right. But it has the cliches, you know, and it, it's got it's got all the kind of old tiredness to it. And, and there's a lot of added humor to all these films that kind of is sets it apart from a lot of slasher franchises. I mean, a lot of slasher franchises get hokey as they go on. Don't get me wrong. True. But I mean, it is, I definitely do find myself in that same boat as you where you want to start knocking it, but then you're like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I love this shit. Yeah, exactly. And it, like I said, it is tough kind of, you know, pitting a franchise against itself. It's, and it, people, you know, think it's easy. No, because of this exact one right here, like, it's hard to pit. Well, Fitcher Crowley is by itself to me. I think the, the first three to me kind of seem like its own kind of, well, I guess it is. It's its own trilogy. So, you know, Victor Crowley being my least favorite kind of sets it apart. So these, you know, one, two, and three were hard to kind of really separate out and really pit against each other because they are really good films. So, you know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, no doubt. Yep, yep. Well, all right, let's uh, hit number two. Let's hear. Let's listen to this. And let me tell you, this business gravy song really stuck with me. I've been I'm singing it still to this like very moment in my head. <laughs> so uh, let's let's hear it one more time. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Victor Crowley. He was born horribly deformed, part of a voodoo curse put on his parents. Two. Yes, we're the 
biscuits on the gravy with the biscuits and the chicken wants a biscuit for the biscuit is me. <laughs> That's my fucking That's favorite. Awesome. For the biscuit is me. Kills me every time, man. I love it. Fucking love it. All right. So number two, what do you got? This is very fitting. Again, for number two, I have Hatchet too. Now, I racked my brain so hard. I was like, with Hatchet and Hatchet 2, there's so many back and forths I had. Um, Hatchet 2 is pretty much Hatchet amped up a little bit. You know, it, it understood what worked and what didn't, and then it went with what worked. And that was kind of the over-the-top kills and, and, and the gruesomeness and the gore, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so just pretend that I have two number ones, okay? okay. So. Done. So this is my second number one is is Hatchet Two. Um, obviously coming out in 2010. This year's this is actually almost a decade old, which is fucking mind boggling. Uh, fucking just a good time. You have a lot more Tony Todd. Tony Todd's like the lead in this film, which you never see anymore. Yeah. You know he has a, probably the most screen time in this film that I've seen him in anything since Candyman. True. Honestly, or maybe like the Night of the Living Dead remake. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's or is that Ken Foray? Uh, no, I think it's Tony Todd. Is it okay? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking of Ken Foray. Okay. Mm. Um, well, we're in Cajun season, man. Mm. Now, Louisiana again, again. Uh, honestly, it's funny you were saying that you weren't getting a large feeling of that in the first film. I honestly thought that the first one had the most kind of Louisiana feel, and that's honestly why I think I topped it over this one. Mm. Just because that's kind of unique, you know, what what slasher is from Louisiana, you know, in the swamps, lives in the swamplands. So that's kind of cool. Um, plus, this one has fucking Daniel Harris. So, surprise, surprise, this isn't my true number one. This is my second number one. Who would have thought, you know, a film with Daniel Harris isn't my true number one? No. And it's funny because she's, she's very unceremoniously recasted as Mary Beth Dunstan. Uh, I don't really understand, because honestly, the chick who played... Uh, Mary Beth Dunstan in the first film did a great job, I thought. But then again, if you have a chance to hi- uh, cast Daniel Harris, why the fuck not? Because, you know, she's great. True. Uh, and the thing, and it's so funny. Like, this is a great film on its own merits, but with Daniel Harris, I could literally spend, like, watch a movie of her talking about Russian politics for 90 minutes straight, and I'd still have a great oh. time. So, you know, it's it's just great that she's not doing that and just having a good time. But, okay, let's talk more about this film, right? The way Victor Crowley moves is I fucking love it because it's very menacing, like how he just kind of shakes more than a McDonald's shamrock shake. He's just like, you know, like freaking out all the time. I did want to say shake more than Michael J. Fox, but I didn't want to be a Whoa, dick. But I just, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy See, I just said it, so it doesn't really matter. Damn, dude. Yeah, you said it. Oh, my God. Okay, well, send all the hate mail to uh, at Sergeant Captain. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and, and this is another film where it has a lot of star power. A lot, a lot of star power. You got R.A. Mealoff, who was the uh, played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre right. Three. Lloyd Kaufman makes an appearance. Obviously, Daniel Daniel Harris, to, uh, Tony mm-hmm. Todd, Kane Hodder's back is uh, Victor Crowley. I almost said Jason. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, uh, Tom Holland, who is the director of Child's Play and a lot of other '80s good goodness, he's mm-hmm. in this. But the, with all the kind of humor in this film. The funniest thing to me is watching Daniel Harris stand next to Tony Todd because mm-hmm. Tony Todd is six foot five inches mm-hmm. tall. Daniel Harris is five foot even. So it's like there's a couple scenes where he has her, his hands on her shoulders or like her face. And dude, his hand is like two times the size of her head. And I'm just like, 
damn, that is a big he dude. He's enormous, dude. He's not very like big, big, but he's just tall, big. So yeah, I get you. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, the practical effects are great in this. Uh, the kills are great. It's definitely up there with probably one of my top slasher uh, sequels. Ooh, that's another good episode. Mm, there you go. I like that idea. Maybe, maybe yeah, for maybe so, maybe yeah. for a patron episode, maybe. Ooh, maybe, Very maybe. Good. All right, we'll talk about that later. I'll get you more into that later on. So, but uh, but yeah, th- that's kind of all I got for this one. I mean, I've got a couple facts. You know, there's 136 gallons of blood that was used throughout the film. Damn. Uh, yeah, Adam Green's wife. Her name's Riley Vanderbilt. Yeah. she played young Victor Crowley. Yes. Which, if it doesn't get your own rocks off to see your wife portrayed as a young version of a kind of mongoloid then you know something's wrong with you right <laughs> right exactly <laughs> holy shit dude raking over the coals man rake it uh, yeah i'm trying man i'm trying whew. all right well um all right well uh let's just get into my number two film so my number two is hatchet number three um i actually think that one and three kind of kind of held hands a little bit you know and kind of kiss and make out a little bit you know it's kind of cool you know um Spicy. Yeah, oh yeah, very much so. See, I like the fact that that Jason goes against Jason in this one. I, I like the Derek Mears versus the Kane Hodder thing. I love that whole aspect. Oh, isn't that bad? Yeah, I fucking love that shit. And of course, we all know who wins out of that. You know, I mean, I won't say it, but let's just say that OG <laughs> beats new. But you know, at the same point, it is what it is. Um, I, I like this one for the fact that I think Daniel Harris does a better job in this one than she does in part two. Uh, Dude, her acting is so shaky in part two. I was going to mention that, but yeah, man, it is shaky. Yeah, it is. It's just, and of course, we all now know that number two is number number one. Uh, Yeah, her her part of that movie really doesn't do much for me, but it doesn't deter her from the movie being one of my favorite uh, favorite of all of them. But anyway, get back to this one for a minute. Um, I do, I like the fact that it's, you know, it's a little bigger budget. I like the fact that it does feel more like it's in Louisiana. I know you said opposite from number one, um, but it, it seems less on a set to me than it does in the first two. First time. I'm not sure why it is. Sue me. I don't know what it is. I just, this is what I get. Um, one thing, one thing I will say, I wasn't going to say at the end, but I'm going to say it now. I like the fact that these first three films, literally you could watch end to end to end and it's one complete story. Oh, yeah. I love that. Literally. I'm talking like, you know, some, sometimes you can say it's like, you know, back to – no, no. You literally can string these together as one complete film. Like, it's the coolest thing ever because one will end and the next one begins the exact second the other one ends. So, I think it's kind of cool. Um, and, of course, this one ends off the the trilogy, so to speak. Um, but, it, I, you know, the kills are great in this one. The acting is a little better in this one uh, than part two. Uh, Daniel does a lot better part. The, the accents are really spotty on everyone through all these films. Just not that great. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's just eh. Victor Crowley. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I could probably do better on the accent. I'm not gonna try it. You know, I don't want to hurt your ears. But no, try it. Come on, give us give us a good old Victor Crowley. Victor Crowley. It's, it just that it sucks. But uh, it's, it's, I'm actually worse than Daniel. Victor I'm worse than Daniel Harris on that one. But um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I, I do, you know, this, this one is not as good as, as part two to me, but it still is pretty cool. You know, like I said, the, the big, you know, the base, you know, was it a SWAT team or is it like a military, you know, um, I think it is like a SWAT yeah, team. Yeah, I think it is because I think they actually say SWAT team in it, but they come in and just try to, you know, they, they think they're badass, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we're badass motherfuckers. We're going to kill this motherfucker. And then he just wipes them all out. One guy just 
takes him out. I think that's fucking badass. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's so funny. I remember <laughs> the scene where he's kind of killing them all. He has this one guy, and he's about to push his face onto like a like a, a stump, tree yeah. stump, and he's like, "No, no, no, kill me, don't kill me!" And then like the guy who play, who's like a yes. part of the entire film, who's really scared of Victor Crowley, yes. he shoots the rocket launcher. He's like, "I'm going to take this bitch out." He shoots a fire launcher, and he just fucking makes contact yeah, with the dude, the house. and the dude like flies into the house, and then Victor Crowley just kind of <laughs> watches. And he's like, "What the fuck that, just that, happened?" That, that, that <laughs> that's that's, I think it's probably one of my. I mean, that and the hit rip are my two favorite kills in the entire series. So yeah, but what's funny is the fact that the guy after it does is like, "Yeah, motherfucker, yeah, I fucking killed his ass." And the girl standing there, she goes, "Oh my god, look behind you." He's like, "What?" Like he's like, "You didn't see him." I like, just step to the side and watch the rocket fly by him. But yeah, that's that's fucking hilarious. I love that. Right. Shit. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, so I think you said most of, of what was good about this film before. Um, this, this really is your bread and butter, so I, I'm not going to step on what you said before. I'm just going to ride at the coattails and just fucking take it to town. So, um, you know, you're so good. You're so good. Um, <laughs> I think it's time to get into our number one. And of course, we all know what your number one is, what my number one is. But you know what? Just for the sake of hearing that song again, let's just do it here. So, one more time. Take it away, yeah. Vernon. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Victor Crowley. He was born horribly deformed, part of a voodoo curse put on his parents. Yes, with the biscuits on the gravy, with the biscuits and the chicken, wants a biscuit. Oh, the biscuit is me. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Sounds like a goddamn Tyrannosaurus Rex, doesn't it? I know it, dude. Every time I hear that, it just makes, it makes me smile. I'm going to warm my heart a little bit. The cockles of my heart are warmed. So, oh, the cockles, huh? Good old, good old cockles. So, I mean, good old Victor Crowley, man. Here we are at number one. Mm-hmm. It's no surprise. I've, I've got the OG. Yep. Um. Just such an iconic character, man, as we're just kind of delving into, you know, all the films of the series and whatnot. It's just like the subtle things he does in these films are so amazing. Like mm-hmm. the moans he makes in the swamp, you know, like, you know, he's close. Uh, mm-hmm. It just and like the shrieking and the shaking. And it's just it, he's a really fucking menacing figure. Um, I think he's the most menacing in the first film. And. I mean, it's a toss up between the first and second because he's it's honestly like they they recorded that this these two films back to back because I just think they run together so well. Right. Um, But I don't know what it is, man. It's just the OG has that charm. And honestly, a little bit of me thinks it's because of Joel David Moore, who was in Grandma's Boy and a bunch of other shit. Dodgeball. Mm -hmm. I just love seeing him in a horror movie and, and he did great. And. The acting was surprisingly good for a B movie. I mean, there's obviously a couple shady people, and and obviously the two um, women that are like filming the busy beavers or whatever that. Oh yeah. Thing God. is, I can't. I could not. Bayou beavers. Stand. Yes, that's it. Bayou beavers. I could not stand their characters, and honestly, I really feel like I would. Abs- this would be maybe one of my favorite films of all time if it, if it just had if it got rid of some of the shitty characters and added some better ones but here we are hatchet the og from 2006 this is a film you can't take too seriously i mean you know you just throw it on and the kills were almost revolutionary to me because this is the mid 2000s you're kind of starting up the kind of resurgence of the remake f- factory if you will you know all the remakes that came out at the 
late 2000s. This is three years after Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Mm. I believe Black Christmas remake came out 2006 too. But yeah, just the no CGI in this film. The the kills, I think, in this film are some of the best in the entire series, which kind of really blows my mind because this is probably the least budgeted film that Adam Green had to work with because no one knew who Victor Crowley was when he made this movie. You know? True. The, stu- the studios and everyone else knew who he was and would be willing to give a bigger budget and whatnot. So, I mean, just the original, just the, the fucking kills, man. Like, you mentioned the head-ripping scene and, and the way that's shot. Like, it goes around. The, the cinematography of that kill is probably, honestly, I will say it right now. This is my favorite kill in any slasher movie ever. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I, I, it's just so, it, it's so well done, man. And, and, the the mistiness like the blood mists and like the 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 um splotches against the trees you know when the blood's getting ripped and it's just like there's so much blood and it's so over the top but it just works man it just adds this certain style you know it's just i don't know man this film it just works and i and i didn't watch this one until maybe 2000 uh, maybe like 13 14 when all, all there was the trilogy already and I was kind of getting more and more into horror. And then I was like, hey, let me check these out. And then I watched them. I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, I've been missing out. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Here we go. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, a fantastic series in my eyes. Um, got I went in perfect opposite chronological order, man. I had four, three, two, one. I think that's the first time any of us have done that i don't know someone maybe tell me if i'm right or wrong i think we did that on but i mean it's just i think we did it on um slumber party massacre no oh no slumber party massacre was also yeah it was uh, what was that i can't even think of what it was it wasn't a trilogy that we did we just went down the line but i was one of them but anyway yeah, if someone knows that hit us up i can't remember half the shit i do anyway so <laughs> it might be sleepaway camp maybe that's what it was yeah i think it, well, yeah, it was you're exactly right you nailed it very good sir very good yeah so so yeah dude i fucking love the, these films i if if you haven't seen these films i mean i wouldn't imagine that you're over 40 minutes into a podcast talking about a series of films you don't know but if you happen to be that person i am super excited for you to check these movies out to be able to experience these movies for the first time again uh as if we haven't given enough spoilers about these films already if you haven't seen these yet Definitely go and check them out. I mean, it's just a, it's a great, it's, it's a great time. I, I can't up these films enough. Well, there you go. You suck that dick just, just to the tip. Let me, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me finish it off with my top pick here. Um, of course, my, my go. top pick for this series is Hatchet 2. Uh, reason being is, is that anyone knows me well enough, you know, I'm a huge Tony Todd fan. I just love that guy. His voice just, just gets me all, you know, my horse stiffy just really just, you know, comes to attention and bulges in my pants and, uh, he's just, Jeez. he's fucking fantastic as Reverend Zombie in this. The reason I think the reason I like number one is that they really didn't utilize him very much. Like you see him for the very, like in the first of the film, he's fucking hilarious. He bursts out that door and starts talking to those guys and then he just disappears. And I'm like, oh man, come on, bring him back. You know, part two, here he comes. Like, holy fuck, I love this shit. Um, I will say my top kill for this is definitely when the guy and the girl are, are going at it doggy style in the, in the middle of the swamp. <laughs> And she's getting it. He's getting it. And she's like, you know, tell me you love me. He's like, oh, I love you, you know. And, like, you know, and then fucking, you know, uh, Victor Collie just cuts his head off. And it's like he starts going like he starts going at it. She's like, oh, yeah, there we go. And it's like, wait a minute. Why'd you stop? And she looks around. His head's gone. I'm like, oh, my God, that's fucking brilliant. 
I love when he gets it cut off and he just keeps he like goes faster, <laughs> almost like his body's convulsing. He's like, yeah, give it to me, yeah, go for it, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just that's just amazing. But um, yeah, Tony Todd's character, he's you know he has ulterior motives. You know, there's actually almost the most intriguing story is in part two because it's almost like a, he wants you know to get in there to to you know rid the the swamp of Victor Crowley so we can take it over and you know for kind of you know, capital gain. Um, capitalism at his best. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, it's just a, a brilliant story. Like I said, Daniel Harris, her acting is really spotty in this one. Uh, just, I don't know. She's she's good, you know, but this one, it's probably one of her worst films, honestly, in my opinion. What worst acted, I guess, is my opinion. But uh, like I said, the star power in this one's great. Uh, but like I said, that in just the whole overall feel, this one just feels better to me than the first one or even the third one. Uh, like I said, Tony Todd's performance just and, and the fact, the fact that he gets killed, he gets cut in half, then he starts crawling away, and Victor's like, "Oh no, bitch, come back here! I ain't done with your ass yet." Fucking grabs his fucking spine and then degloves him completely. Just fucking amazing. I just was like, "Oh fuck, that's just mm-hmm. a badass." Um, but yeah, and I think you actually see him. His degloved corpse in part three, I think. Isn't that true? Um, yeah, yeah. He shows up in the boat. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, wait, hell yeah. Oh, is that right? Is that number three? Wait, are you talking about Joel? No, you're talking about Hatchet 2. Um, yeah. What you, who got? It's uh, it's Tony Todd's character. Like, he, like he gets pulled out of his own skin. Oh, his whole body. Yes, oh, his okay. whole body. Mm-hmm. No, that was Joel David Moore's character who showed up in three in the boat. With, uh, like, where his arms oh, cut off. Because it, it's supposed to be like the very next day. He's like still alive. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. So yeah. I, I thought that was him. I was like, holy fuck, that's cool. They brought him back. Okay, never mind. My bad. I digress. But anyway, still cool. He got degloved and still just fucking badass shit. So, um, but yeah, that's that's my number one pick uh, is, is part two. Because I think as Tony, Tony Todd just does it for me. He you know, makes, like you said, Daniel Harris makes you cream your pants. Tony Todd makes me cream mine. We're all getting creamed pants. And, you know, Damn. Just to, Learn a lot about each other just, today. Yeah, exactly. Just a great time to get, you know, have cream. So um, there you go. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So there's uh, there's Hatchet in the books, my friend. Um, like I said, go check these out. You know, anyone who's a slasher fan will love these films for what they are. Uh, just it's the star power, like we said before many times, just a fantastic in all these films. If you're a horror fan, you'll recognize everyone. We forgot to mention um, – Oh, well, what's his face? Um, I can't think. The guy that played uh, Michael Myers. Uh, fuck. Tyler Mayne. Tyler Mayne. Yeah, Tyler Mayne shows up in this too. So that's also just fantastic too. Yeah. right. At, well, it was right at the beginning of uh, Victor Crowley, I think. Yes. Yes. And and he's like, he's like, he's a hunter and he's like, you know, he's that character who's like, ooh, follow me if you want to survive. And then like, as he's like, he's like, you got to listen to my words of wisdom if you want to live. Yeah. And then just immediately gets his head chopped yes. off. I'm like, brilliant. Okay, fantastic. And how can we forget? How can I forget? Most of all, in part one, my boy, Freddie, Robert England shows up, you know, in the very first part of the film. I mean, how am I even forgetting about that? Robert, oh, good. of course, is always fantastic. In anything he's in. So he just, good old Samson Dunstan. That's right. Good old Sam- yeah. Samson comes up a lot, a whole lot in this, in this, uh, this oh, franchise. Yeah. So yeah, his character lives on. Of course he doesn't live on, but, um, if you don't, if I, if you think I wrote it for you, spoiler alert. Wait, you know it happens in the first like, ten minutes, so fuck off. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so definitely go check these out because they're definitely a fun time. If nothing else, they're not great films, but they're just a fun time, fun slasher. You know, just to kind of watch with your friends, especially if you're getting drunk or high or whatever you do. You know, 
doing lines or whatever. Um, fucking just, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not advocating doing lines. I was just saying you might be doing them. So as you're doing those, enjoy these films. So there you go. I yes. Mean, it's hard to go wrong is what we're saying here, man. This this film series, man, I'm just so, I was so excited this week because it's like, the Hatchet series is huge in the horror community. Everybody knows about Victor, Victor Crowley. See, Victor I Crowley. I almost said it normally. I got it. I have to say it like that, man. Everyone in this kind of the horror community knows about him, and he's 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 right up there with Jason and Freddy, and you know all the rest of them. But someone who's not a horror fan, this is one that just completely gets swept under the rug, like continuously. Nobody, you never hear about him in, you know, you you hear about Art the Clown all the time, all the fucking time. Whether in the horror community or not, but do you ever hear about Victor Crowley? Nope. I mean, nope. it's very, very rare, very rare. So, and, and it's sad because I mean, these films are literally just such a good time. Mm. I agree. I totally agree. Like I said, it's and it's, you know, I kind of made this you know assumption, kind of observation as watching this in watching these films that it's almost a Jason Voorhees reborn and then retold kind of thing because that's the same yeah. type of story so if you're a fan of friday the 13th you'll love these films honestly in my opinion there's a little more hokey a little more you know not as well thought out and i say that in a very very you know lax way because it is thought out just not as well as friday the 13th for the fact that it came first but um they tried to change it up a little bit but still you'll still enjoy them so there you go definitely all right well there's hatchet man um like I said, go go check them out if you haven't already. Because what the fuck's wrong with you? Because it's a slasher. You're listening to slashers, so yeah. <laughs> but that's also another thing that I noticed about the series. Kind of before we wrap things up, yeah. is that it's not just about teens going to the woods. It, there's like no teenagers in any of these films. It's just kind of like older people. You know, the first one is just people who are on a tour, and obviously you have you know the older couple. Obviously, the woman being the one with the best kill of all time, the head ripping scene. Right. Uh, the second one is a bunch of hunters. And then the third one's like a SWAT team. And then the fourth one is just a bunch of shitty characters, you know? So it's like, True. there's, it's, it's not really necessarily what you're used to. And it's kind of fresh. I do kind of wish they had younger people. For some reason, I connect with slashers more when they have like younger people who are just like partying and having fun. Because you're 12. But so. I mean, yeah, uh, I just turned 13. Oh, so, good uh, man. Mind, mind your goddamn P's and Q's, will you? So... <laughs> <laughs> oh shit but yeah you're right it, i forgot about the whole teenager thing you're exactly right it doesn't take that same formula like i said it, it it mirrors it a little bit kind of in a distorted mirror type way but yeah you're exactly right it does change some major aspects of you know the friday 13 film and puts it in this so yeah good times so yep yep excellent all right well uh let's just let's wrap this show up because we got some important stuff to do later on and uh i think people know what that is but uh, anyway um get some shout outs uh Patreon, patrons, guys, your stuff's coming. Uh, I've talked to most of you already. Uh, you're either you have your, your stuff already or it's coming to you. Um, finally got that going. Um, we have made a few adjustments to the Patreon um, due to the fact that it's a little more expensive than I thought it was to do T-shirts for everyone. <laughs> so um, everyone that's already signed up is getting a T-shirt uh, for the, at the $5 level because you guys are just fucking awesome. Uh, we have added two levels. We've added a $30 level, which you get a T-shirt and a sticker, a $15 level, which you get a sticker, and then a, we still have a 5 3 and $1 level, which you 
as of right now, we are coming out with something new for our patrons. We're going to do a Patreon episode just for you patrons. So our first woo, woo, woo. Yeah, yeah, here we go. So uh, the first one we'll be recording will be next week. So you'll be seeing that pop up pretty soon for you guys to enjoy. Um, if, and we'll throw it out to you, if you hear this and you think of a cool idea we could do for our Patreon episode, please shoot it to us uh, in our DMs. Let us know what you think we should do. We might have a couple ideas floating around. So, but anyway, if you think of a cool idea, let us know because we'll definitely uh, try to work it in. So, because like I said, barring the fact that Patreon going out of business or you guys just saying fuck you and, you know, <laughs> leaving us high and dry, <laughs> we'll keep doing those forever. So, uh, give us more ideas to do. So, hell yeah. But again, thank you guys so, so much for supporting us. We really do appreciate it. And supporting us, not on Patreon, you know, sharing our stuff, liking our posts, you know, telling your, you know, your neighbor, your dog, your, you know, the guy you want to murder next door. Tell everyone about us. You know, we, we really appreciate that. So, um, we'll do some, uh, some podcast shout outs now. Every week we got to talk about Alone in the Dark podcast. You guys are fucking amazing. Can I, uh, just thank you guys enough for all you've done for me personally and just for, for sharing our stuff and liking it and, and coming our lives and just, uh, just supporting us in general. We really do appreciate you guys. So, and Tennessee Horror News Network, uh, the, the, uh, the horror basement. We have Jim Jam, uh, Yeti, and Donna Leroy. You guys are awesome, uh, allowing us to be on your network and uh, getting us out to the masses. really do appreciate you guys for all you do for us. And I forgot last week to mention the Point of Interest Network. We're also on. Uh, go check those guys out. Uh, I think it's poinetwork.com. There's some other uh, awesome podcasts on the network uh, we're a part of, so go check them out as well. Um, and thank you again so, so much. Uh, for Nightmare Trash, allowing us to join with you in the giveaway we just had. Uh, congrats to the winner of that. We are actually just about to draw that person here in the next few minutes live on our uh, on our page. So, uh, but by the time it's airs, you'll already have won. So, congratulations to whoever you are. <laughs> you got an awesome fucking prize. So, I was about to say this episode is going to air like three fucking weeks after yeah, the also, we, we, we kind of got behind we kind of got screwed up a little bit you know we thank you guys for sticking with us and being patient for these episodes to come out we had a little snafu but we got it all in order now so we're, we're going and uh but uh we have another i think i have some more giveaways coming up in the future so definitely check those out and uh, we'll be talking about them on the episodes and on our page as well so be sure to check those out i think it's time to plug ourselves up as we always do every week because you know kevin likes that big dildo somewhere stuck in his orifices. And I do too. Anyway, uh, you can find <laughs> Ooh, sheesh, got a little hot, hot there. Sorry. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at It's Horror Podcast. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook at It's Horror Podcast. My personal Instagram is Old Man Ghostface, and yours is Slash and Captain. Well, that's, that was fast. Uh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to talk about the episode next week so what are we going to cover next week in our episode sir please give it to us right fucking now oh uh, well you know we were talking a little bit today about a certain person being in the uh hatchet series a little man named i guess not little man big <laughs> man named tony todd we figure we keep it rolling next week. We're going to knock out some of the Candyman films. Hell fucking yeah, dude. I love Candyman. He gets, see how, I mean, you know, he's, I'll actually go into the bathroom at night and just kind of call his name out, see if he'll show up. He hadn't done it yet, but maybe one day he'll show up for me. So never know. You, you just stare into the, the mirror. You're like, Tony Todd, Tony Todd, Tony Todd. Yeah. See, I think I'm going to say Candyman, he may actually show up. I actually say Tony Todd, just hoping he shows up. So, oh, well, Tony, if you're out there. Go for both. 
OBIB, oh, wait, oh, shit. That would be something else right there. One with a hook, one with just tall and good looking and chocolate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we, yeah, so definitely check us out next week for Candyman. I'm excited about those. Um, so there you go. I can't think of anything else to cover, man. I think we've uh, talked about it all. So yeah. Put that thing I, down, flipped it, and reverse it. Hell yeah. Fucking hit it from the back and uh, grab it by its ass. <laughs> <laughs> There you have it. All right. Well, then that's all to say, but uh, my name is Wes. I'm Kevin. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Don't let her get away, Mommy. Don't let her live. I won't, Jason. I won't.